Are you looking for a way to track your sleep that is accurate and affordable? Then check out biohackingring.com and use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout for $50 off. Now you've often heard me discussing my sleep biohacking, quantifying how much deep sleep as well as REM sleep and other stages of sleep that I'm getting. And we now have a very cool and fashionable technology that's out there for tracking this data. Again, it's at biohackingring.com. Use the coupon code Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y, at checkout, you'll get $50 off of this cutting-edge device. I absolutely love this ring, and I couldn't imagine not using it to look in on my sleep. Biohackingring.com is the website. Coupon code Jimmy for $50 off at checkout, and you need to check it out, and it gives you lots of data on sleep, activity, heart rate variability, heart rate, and more. Biohackingring.com. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs. It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh, yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com It's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and functional medicine practitioner Dr. Will Cole They're here every Thursday answering your questions about low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diets Now, it's time to drop some keto knowledge on Keto Talk Keto Talk Here's Jimmy and Will Hey, Hey guys, we're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole Visit our website, ketotalk.com, and this is episode 126, and Will, we are here today, but as usual, through the magic of podcasting, we're not really here. (laughs) We're, Mm -hmm. We're going, I'm actually on a boat right now, and you're probably seeing patients right now, so uh, what, what are we doing here today? We are celebrating this day because you're at sea. We're actually bringing some a blast from the past that's yes. still so relevant today. I'm really excited for people to hear 
this actually first recorded interview or conversation between you and I on your other podcast. So I'm really excited for people to hear about functional medicine and a, kind of this conversation that we had all these years ago. How, how many episodes was yeah, it? It was like 500 episodes ago. I looked it up. I went, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I've known you a very long time. And so I think it was back like uh, uh, one of the paleo conferences where I had met you. And I'm like, dude, let's get you on my podcast. And that was like forever ago, six six yeah. years ago, I think. So, yeah. yeah. So I was real happy that we found that. And I listened back to it and I'm like, he hadn't changed a bit. It's you have yeah. the same kind of way you talk and the same uh, information. Uh, you haven't changed is the point. You, you you've you always believed what you believe now. And so that was kind of cool to to hear that uh, in that original interview when I didn't even know who you were, except you had spiky hair. <laughs> <laughs> My hair has gotten shorter and less spiky. Yes. But the information is still great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear this conversation because I'm sure 500 episodes ago, I, I, you have a lot of diehard fans out there. But there yes. are probably a lot of new people to keto that have never gone back that far. And there's some uh, people that just like keto talk and they only listen to this podcast. So this would be a way to expose them to that, too. So, guys, let's go ahead and get to that interview. And we'll be back next Thursday with our regular format. But enjoy this first ever conversation that I had with Dr. Will Cole. Welcome back to the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. Today, I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast uh, a guy I actually saw and met uh, in person at the Paleo FX conference earlier this year. He is Dr. Will Cole, and uh, he uh, uh, basically has been out there a whole lot of time doing functional medicine. And, you know, we're really trying to push people to go find functional medicine physicians that are out there really doing great work. He specifically specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors and customizing health programs for various chronic conditions, including thyroid issues, autoimmune problems, hormonal dysfunctions, digestive and brain disorders. And he does all that on a daily basis, seeing patients. He's got a website, drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Yeah, man, you're one of those unique people that's, uh, you know, been doing your thing for a little while uh, and may not be as well known in the community and, and most certainly not in my community, the low carb community. So why don't you kind of tell us uh, where you came from and how you yeah. got interested in health and how it relates to, um, you know, all that you're doing with these patients? Yeah, so I am my I'm based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we see patients here locally in Pittsburgh, as well as nationally and internationally via webcam and phone consultations through our virtual functional medicine practice. But my doctorate, my background is my doctorate is from Southern California University of Health Sciences in Los Angeles. Uh, as you mentioned, my postdoctorate is in functional medicine, clinical nutrition. Uh, and uh, I'm one of mindbodygreen.com's uh, health wellness uh, contributors and experts, yeah. write them for years. Of, so yeah, I, I have a passion for helping people with chronic and autoimmune conditions. And I'm excited to talk with you today about functional medicine. Yeah, we're going to get into a whole lot of uh, rapid fire uh, topics here in a minute. But uh, so your interest in nutrition, a lot of times um, when you start going through traditional channels, it tends to point you in the calorie restriction, uh, the fat restriction, uh, eating more healthy whole grains, but you kind of buck that a little bit. And I see a lot of this happening in the functional medicine world that a, a lot are kind of taking 
a little more of the naturopath uh, route to learning, kind of going on your own. Is that is that what happened for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that just seeing the need and seeing people in my family really going through a lot of chronic problems and autoimmune problems. I mean, there's not a family out there that's not touched by these, by these issues right. and seeing a real gap in the standard model of care where they go for years of their life, just on these medications where nothing that's really changing, but their prescription list and they're just getting sicker and sicker right before our eyes. And it may even be ourselves and really just trying to find an option and, and seeking things that really started with my family. It's just how do I help them really led to my professional desire to kind of fill that gap in for people uh, compared to the standard model of care. Well, and the sad thing is most people have an expectation that if things go wrong, the very first uh, place that they turn is to medications. They don't think, oh, well, maybe there's some kind of nutrient deficiency uh, or nutritional uh, answer to this problem I have. No, just give me the pill, doc. Yeah, exactly. They don't. I mean, there's a certain level of people just not asking questions. And it comes from a good intentioned place, I think. I mean, right. they're, they're trusting their doctor and they just don't realize that their doctor is only trained to diagnose the disease and match it with the corresponding drug. Yeah. They don't have any hours of clinical nutrition training unless they seek it themselves. Right. It's not given in school. So they're kind of going for uh, their doctor for something they're not even trained for and only that trained for that one thing, which is pharmacology. And like we say all the time, I mean, nobody is sick from a pharmaceutical deficiency. Nobody's right. sick from a, a lack of medications <laughs> in their body. Right. And they're not going to medicate themselves into health one day. They're going to be on these medications forever unless they do something different compared to what they have been doing. Yeah, I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop uh, until I'm out of breath. Uh, physicians don't know a darn thing about nutrition. Uh, they were, are taught in uh, physiological and pharma- pharmacological. And outside of that, they really have no expertise. Um, and yet all the things that we're about to talk about uh, with you and how you handle patients, um, it's all about nutrition and lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, our body is alive because of biochemistry. And just like Hippocrates, you know, that food be thy medicine and medicine thy food. That yep. should be our first first uh, course of treatment is going to be looking at those things. I mean, later on, if there, if if someone needs a medication and where it fits the bill of being the most effective option for them that causes them, you know, the least amount of side effects, then a medication may be okay for those type of circumstances, but right. they're widely overprescribed and they have lots of side effects. We need to look at more op, more logical solutions that are sustainable for, for health in the human body. The last ditch effort, not the first line of defense. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us uh, some of the other differences. We've heard, you know, that that mainstream medicine tends to be pharmacological and physiological. But uh, what are some of the other differences between mainstream medicine and a functional medicine approach like you do? Yeah. So that's a good question. I think that I would categorize the differences between mainstream medicine and functional medicine in three different ways. Number one is that we interpret the labs that are run currently. The ones you guys have from your PCP or endocrinologist or another specialist, we interpret those labs differently in functional medicine because we know on those labs you have that reference range where they say from from X to Y, that's where your lab should be. 
And anything outside of that range is high or low. It's typically a bold font. You know, you have a problem. But we kind of have to ask that question. Where do we get that reference range? It's based on a bell curve, you know, statistical average of the population of that lab. Sick people. Sick people. Right. Who are the people that typically go go to labs? They're sick people. So it's not looking at optimal health, vitality, living the longest without complications and side effects. It's just looking at a population of sick people, which people will notice that reference range will typically vary from lab to lab, depending on the lab that they go to, other than, as you know, cholesterol and vitamin D. Right. So what we're uh, looking at. At, in functional medicine is a much thinner, narrower range of what signifies optimal health, where your body is functioning the best, hence where we get our word functional medicine. Your body's systems are functioning the best in that thinner functional range. So number one would be the interpretation of the labs we do differently. Number two would be the amount of labs that we run in functional medicine. We look at more of these underlying functional systemic issues that give rise to chronic and autoimmune conditions. And and the reason why they're not run in mainstream medicine is I, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It's just, it doesn't change the treatment. You're going to get whatever medication you're on with just the basic labs. So it's, you know, superfluous lab testing if if the end result is still that pharmaceutical drug. That's right. So, so it's it's not negligence. They're only labs they need to run or the ones they're running to give the pharmaceutical. But for you to find out, okay, why am I going through what I'm going through and what's the underlying issue of why I'm sick in the first place? Why am I on this medication in the first place? We need to run these labs. So, so looking at the microbiome, looking at hormonal pathways, looking at inflammation cascades, these are really important factors for people that are struggling with health problems. And number three, I would say we do differently in functional medicine would be we take into account biological variability, meaning we're all differently. We're all created differently. We're all designed differently. And you could have anything under the sun, whether it's a pharmaceutical or some natural thing that you read online, what works for one person may not be right for you. So we need to really take a really detailed look at your biochemistry, what suits you, and then clinically monitor you and coach you and give you that in-depth one-on-one coaching and, and accountability that people need versus that five minute consultation with your doctor and see you in six months you mean so there's would, there's no one diet that fits all will to say, they, say it ain't so <laughs> no i think someone would have made a lot of money if uh, if that were true but well, yeah, no, the it's, government it's seems to think there is because they keep pushing this this same tune that every single five years you know do the dietary guidelines it's exactly the same thing you know with slight variations here and there um it seems like you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And we've been insane about nutrition for a very long time. Hi, I'm Christine Moore, Jimmy Moore's wife. And I'm here today to tell you about the Nutritional Therapy Association and why I decided to go through their Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program. I figured, well, this will be a great opportunity for me to maybe possibly be able to help people with their nutritional issues and anything that they might be going through. 
Just the thought of me having to learn stuff again, it was intimidating. I didn't think that I would be able to do it. I didn't think that I would be able to retain the stuff that I was learning and I would have a hard time on the quizzes and the tests. The NTA is looking for more keto practitioners. They believe in real food. They do not frown upon good, healthy fats. They believe that they should be a healthy part of the diet. The most gratifying part of the program has been getting to meet a bunch of like-minded people who are interested in nutrition. A lot of us came into this program with health issues of our own that we wanted to try to fix. The material that we're learning is just absolutely incredible. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition, but going through this program, there's so much more to it than what I actually knew. We learn about anatomy and physiology, so we learn about how things work in the body, how vitamins and minerals affect the body. So it's just been a great program. Anyone should do this program. It's a nine-month program that can pretty much fit into anybody's schedule. I mean, we have people that have children, full-time jobs going through this. So it's very flexible with your schedule. If you're thinking about it and not sure, I would highly recommend you go through it. Join the Nutritional Therapy Association today at nutritionaltherapy.com. If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butters, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And it's amazing, even today, the misinformation that's still out there. I mean, I'm maybe because we're immersed in this that I get caught up into like, well, this is just common knowledge now. Yeah. But you, you go talk to somebody outside, you just they still believe things that, that they're still talking about this misinformation it's out there. It's a parallel universe, it. isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that there there are better ranges and optimal ranges for these various labs. Um, is there a place where people can find what those optimal ranges are? Or is that where somebody like you comes in and says, well, we kind of have to customize it to your specific situation? Yeah, I think that there definitely are great resources online. I'm, I myself, I on drwillcole.com, I have e-guides out there that I send out to my subscribers with great. the functional ranges. So it's free information. It's not nothing that's, you know, should be just, uh, it, it's, it's freely accessible out there. So yeah. for a thyroid panel, just beyond the TSH, we do a full functional thyroid panel and other hormonal panels and blood chemistry analysis. Yeah, we have all of that on our website and I'm sure there's other functional medicine practitioners that have that information freely available as well. Yeah. We've had Dr. Amy Myers on here before, who's another great functional medicine yeah. doctor. And, I love and her. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Lots of you guys are doing a really great job. Just need to clone you because there's not enough of you out there doing what you're yeah. doing. So um, let's get into one of the the labs that you're pretty adept at, and you just mentioned it, and that is the thyroid uh, labs. And and as you stated very clearly, you know most doctors are only uh, 
running, you know, specific tests that they think tell them something that what is it, the TSH and think that that gives them the be all end all about your thyroid health. But there's so much more involved. Can you kind of get into this thyroid issue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, thyroid symptoms and thyroid problems are very, very common in the United States and it's widely underdiagnosed. It's like some like 20 million people affected. One in eight women will have a thyroid problem in her life. I mean, this is very common. And the, the standard model of care, what that paradigm kind of looks at is primarily TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone, which is is not actually a thyroid hormone. It's a brain hormone. It's a pituitary hormone. And it's basically your brain speaking to your thyroid. So they're looking again at that reference range. It's on the lab and it's typically (laughs) of sick people, right? So it's looking at zero four, five to 4.5. That's the typical range of the thyroid stimulating hormone. That's why it's a huge range. And what we are finding in the literature is when you take out people with known hypothyroidism out of the equation, out of that population of sick people, it's actually quite smaller range. So the functional range is, is somewhere between 0.45 to 2.5. Um, and research shows that if you have a TSH 2.5 to 3.5, which is well within that normal quote unquote reference range, you're at a quite a increased risk of heart attack and stroke. I think it's like 60 risk of dying from a heart attack and stroke by some wow. uh, reports. So it's this really important beyond just um, just simple lab. It's just direct implications to people's health and how long they're living and the quality of life that they have. So we have to interpret that TSH differently because you could have a functionally high TSH or a hypothyroidism issue that goes undiagnosed for years because you're still within that huge range. And then that's such an incomplete view of thyroid physiology to just run one lab and give you synthroid levothyroxine if it's outside of that range. We have to look at a full functional medicine analysis of the thyroid, which is looking at all aspects of thyroid physiology. So we have to look at T4, which is the an active form of the thyroid hormone it has some use up in the brain cells, but that T4 primarily has to be converted into T3, which is that biologically active, let's use it in the t- cell of the body. And every cell of your body has a thyroid receptor site and no other hormone other than vitamin D can claim that, that level of importance for human physiology. So right. it affects everything in your body. And so that T4 has to be converted in t- into T3. So we look at the conversion of T4 to T3, which primarily primarily happens in the liver and around 20% in your gut, in the microbiome. And then we have to look at the free form of the hormone and the protein bound of the hormones because you have what's called a thyroid binding globulin. Basically, every hormone of your body gets transported on these little protein carriers. And if you have an excess of those protein carriers because of other hormonal problems that can affect the amount of thyroid hormone that's getting into the cell. And then looking at thyroid resistance, which is similar similar to insulin resistance or leptin resistance that your thyroid is working fine. It's just not getting into the cell because of either overconversion or systemic inflammation, whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of different issues, whether it's conversion issues or binding globulin issues or resistance issues or or brain issues. You could have a pituitary hypofunction, which basically the brain's not communicating with the thyroid. You could have a normal TSH just because of a brain dysfunction. So we have to look at all the different aspects, all the different 
underlying issues that give rise to these low thyroid symptoms, which could be anything and everything because it affects every cell of your body. Well, and it makes me wonder how much of our cultural uh, bend towards uh, being in a hypocaloric state because lowering your calories is a prudent way to diet and be healthy. I wonder how much of that will is contributing to this rise in the amount of thyroid issues that people are dealing with. I think that it does play a huge part in it, actually, because people go years of their life just adding to these lists of dietings and low calorie things and fad diets, crash diets. It's messing people's hormones up and they yeah. need to just dump dieting and start healing their body with, with food medicine, heal with meals instead of medicine. And um, the body can start making these hormones again and converting them again and getting them into the cells again. The body's just in this starvation mode and chronic starvation is going to mess up your hormones. So yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah, my wife, Christine, actually uh, had many years where she under ate, and she was teeny tiny when I met her, Will. She was like 90 pounds uh, in her early 20s, and now she's got Hashimoto's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we need to talk about. I mean, it's affected your wife, and it affects a lot of people. I mean, the endocrine society says upwards of 90% of low thyroid function in the United States is autoimmune in nature. Yeah. The most popular, the most common, the most common one is Hashimoto's disease, which is this autoimmune thyroiditis. So it's very common. And again, we have to look at that functional issues. That is, that is truly not a thyroid problem. It's more, it's the autoimmune disease attacking the thyroid. So the thyroid is not the, the problem. It's the victim of the immune system attacking it. So yeah, yeah Sorry for your wife, but there, again, there's so much things you can do naturally with functional medicine to dampen that autoimmune attack against the thyroid and modulate the immune system and start regaining your health back. And you can live a healthy, vibrant life with an autoimmune condition, but you're going to have to live and breathe according to your biochemistry and what works for you. Yeah. And, and for her, she's also dealing with another autoimmune issue. Uh, psoriasis uh, just drives her crazy, burning in the back of her head. So yeah, she's She's trying to deal with it the best she can and, and is going to be seeing her doctor about it. But he's only going to recommend her to see a dermatologist who may or may not know how to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, I think for autoimmune conditions and just to, to touch on that real fast, someone with one autoimmune condition or is at a 50 to, to 70 percent risk of getting, God forbid, another autoimmune condition. Yeah. So most of our patients have poly autoimmunity. They have multiple autoimmune conditions by the time they've burnt out every option in mainstream medicine. And finally, functional medicine is really their, their only option. And to be honest with you, I know that I'm biased, but I think functional medicine is one of the only options for someone with an autoimmune condition yeah. because they don't really have have any options for you in mainstream medicine. They give you steroids, they'll give you immunosuppressants, maybe a pain pill. That's about it. I think that the idea of modulating the immune system or dampening the inflammation is just like, it's not in their paradigm. So to start looking at the immunology of these thyroid problems and autoimmunity at large is hugely important. Yeah. So someone with psoriasis or, I mean, we see a lot of patients with lupus and MS and Parkinson's, yep. I mean, uh, we can go on and on about it. There's over a hundred autoimmune diseases and another 40 with some sort of autoimmune component to them. This is a huge problem. And again, it trickles down to thyroid physiology because the majority in the United States, at least, are somewhere on that autoimmune spectrum. So how do they find you, Will? Um, they don't just type in uh, 
find a doctor that will fix me.com. You know, they have to <laughs> have to find you somehow. How are they finding you and other functional medicine practitioners like you? Uh, yeah. So myself, it's drwillcole.com, which is drwillcole.com. And you can go through IFM as well. They have a directory and Functional Medicine University. They have a directory. Then there's, you know, good sources too in the, the sort of primal paleo world too. They have the uh, Physicians Network, Paleo yep. Physicians Network as well as, yeah, so uh, primal docs as well. And um, great resources for doctors that are thinking outside of that paradigm that are really trying to get people next level options based on themselves. Great, great. So let's move on to another uh, disease that is one that you see quite a bit and it's actually uh, on the rise. I, I think I saw a statistic that by the year like 2040 or 2045, something like that, um, we're going to have such a huge epidemic that most of the population is going to have this disease. And I'm talking about diabetes, and this is one that's kind of near and dear to this show uh, since uh, the live in, love, eat a low carb show. Uh, low carb seems to be a way to to deal with diabetes that is pretty much by the mainstream being ignored. Yeah, I think, yeah, another statistic you're talking about, I think the the number that I, I, I remember is about by the year 2020, 50 yes. percent of the United States will be at risk for diabetes, so which is only sooner. Yeah. yeah, five years away. I mean, wow. 50%. So this is um, growing by leaps and bounds. It's it's tripled in the past decade. We used to call it adult onset diabetes. Right. You, you know what's your audience knows what's, what's going on now is that kids are being diagnosed with this. One out of two kids born after the year 2000, they're at risk for these problems. This mm. is a this is a problem. And um, again, this is the same model where they're just blood sugar. They just wait till they're sick enough, give them metformin, give them another medication. And um, they go on for years of their life, just getting more and more medications to shove that blood sugar down artificially until finally there's nothing left out there but insulin. So they're on Humalog or Novolog or Humalin or Levamir or Lantus. And they're just too. expensive, right? So they're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in debt to these medications that they'll never get off of at the, doing the same thing they have been doing. But the reality is that research shows that over 90% of type 2 diabetics are able to reverse their problems and prevent their problems. This is not some sort of small issue where people are getting success. The overwhelming majority of type 2 diabetics are able to reverse this disease. And I would say 100% are able to uh, completely improve their health and decrease their risk factors and complications. And it's not going to be from another medication. Yeah. Have you been interested in trying the new cutting edge technology of exogenous ketones, but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketones 
supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with perfect keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com slash jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. Living la vida low carb, talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy, and ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It measures your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh-huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible? We living la vida low carb. Get your body healthy and live long. Hey. Keep my fats high, and my carbs low. Need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we on it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat, and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living La Vida low carb, I do this every day. If you want to burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! How do we miss the uh, food like disease agent uh, contributor? That's what I call junk food, by the way. Um, disease <laughs> agent. Uh, you know, they're causing all of this to happen, and yet nobody sees that, or at least if they do see it, they're turning a blind eye to it. Yeah, I, I see that. And I've seen a, a shift. Uh, over the last couple of years with diabetes, at least, because I believe I went in 2008 when I started really out there f- with in functional medicine, it was like uh, it was blasphemy to say that diabetes could be reversed and that food has something to do yeah. with rever- with your health. I mean, it was different. And I feel like today people like Mark Hyman that have a louder voice and a bigger voice. I'm still um, thankful for that. Yeah. And I feel a lot. It's on people's radar as far as like, look, these things are correlated. There's something you can do. I mean, but at the same time, it's that dichotomy. And I just got a comment from someone on our Facebook page yesterday and she was saying, Oh, my diabetic educator said I needed all these carbs per meal. And yeah. you know, how could you just, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you just eat fat? Um, so, I mean, we have to enjoy life. Just, yeah. <laughs> There's so much education that needs to be happening. And I feel like when people know better, at least they should do better. And I feel like a lot of us just need to get out there and educate people in a, in a loving way and in a patient way, because they've been told from, they were little kids that this is the way you should eat. And this is the balanced meal. Yeah. Now, even uh, type one diabetics also, you know, sometimes we we kind of throw diabetes out there as if it's just one thing. But type one is a far different uh, one than type two diabetes. Can you kind of get into 
why type one is an autoimmune issue and, and isn't necessarily brought on by, you know, excess sugar consumption. It didn't, you know, these people didn't bring it on themselves like people with type two tend to do. Yeah. So I think that the type one diabetes, we talked about autoimmune diseases a little yep. bit ago. This is another one. So as Hashimoto's is an autoimmune attack against the thyroid, type one diabetes is an autoimmune attack against the pancreas. So this is, again, there's a genetic component to autoimmunity. Typically, typically it's, you know, most autoimmune conditions are X chromosome length. More women get autoimmune conditions than men do for most of, most of them. And uh, there's some epigenetic trigger. So, so to say that, that it doesn't have an environmental factor isn't true. Um, it, but there is a genetic, more of a genetic predisposition for autoimmunity. And I would say that, that these uh, lifestyle things, the, the toxins we're exposed to or the foods we're eating or not eating, the stress levels, are we smoking or drinking too much alcohol? All of these epigenetic environmental factors are, are constantly and dynamically instructing our genes how to be expressed. Yep. So any autoimmune disease, whether it's type 1 diabetes or rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's or celiacs, whatever the case may be, there's some straw that broke the camel's back that caused that autoimmune response. So someone can have juvenile onset type 1 diabetes, and that's what's classically known as. But there's a whole other phenomenon now that's known as type 1.5 diabetes or yep. later or LADA, or it stands for late autoimmune diabetes of adulthood, which is a hybrid. It's part chronic degenerative inflammatory, like a typical, like high triglycerides, metabolic syndrome type two looking on labs, but it's part type one where they have raised antibodies against the pancreatic cells and they have, you run a C peptide, basically looking at how much insulin their body's naturally making yeah. and it's nothing. So you have this hybrid autoimmune chronic degenerative problem. Uh, so type ones and type 1.5s are for all intents and purposes, not able to get off of insulin like a type two would be able to. So there's to. no beta cell function in these 1.5s. Yeah, there's no or little function. Gotcha. And um, there's no literature to say that, that, that there's going to be regeneration of those beta cells. I think that you can dramatically affect infl inflammation or decrease the amount of insulin that your body needs and the way that you eat and the way that you function and start healing these underlying autoimmune imbalances. Yep. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, they'll always be on some low levels of insulin. But what we need to do is decrease the risk factors and complications, which you have so much control on in, in your life, someone that's going through this. Yeah. Now, what we've not talked about regarding uh, any kind of diabetes is what are the labs that you look at? Because when a typical patient goes to see their mainstream, um, you know, PCP, they're going to say, oh, a 7.0 A1C is perfectly fine for you and keep up the great work. Whereas a functional medicine practitioner may look at that 7.0 and go, um, we have a lot of work left to be done. Absolutely. So I think that what are good risk factors? What are good gauges for how your health is? I would say your labs are one of them. And then looking at the optimal range and then look at your medication list. <laughs> and when you look at a 7.0 A1C, for example, like you said, what is what medications are you on to make it at 7.0 A1C? Because yeah. where would you be hypothetically off of that medication? <laughs> That's the true size of the disease, not yes. where you shut it down with five medications. Um, so we have to look at, at that too. So the full in functional medicine, we're not concerned with just the label of the disease. We're concerned with where does the risk factor 
happen. And as you know, and as your audience knows, A1C at seven is increasing your risk factors. So yep. we're not just concerned with managing this disease. And for your endocrinologist or PCP, I mean, it's all relativity. I mean, they're saying seven is a success because they're saying, you know, everyone else is at a 12 A1C. Yep. But the reality is your risk factors are there. You're more managed disease, but I'm not concerned with just managing a disease. I don't want you to have the disease. So let's reverse the disease, get healthy, decrease your risk factors. And uh, that's uh, A1C is going to be anything above, I'd say 5.6 is, is a problem. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be off of medication, obviously. So a, a normal A1C is going to be in the low five range at least. And then obviously low triglycerides, which again, you, you know as well, is that triglycerides below 100 is where we want them in the functional medicine range. Yep. Anything above 100 is a problem and typical lab reference range is 150. Um, so we're looking at the, the blood sugar and then with, I would say, more healthy ranges, not just the diseased range, uh, the managed diseased range, but we're also looking at the risk factors of the disease, which diabetes is the leading cause of heart attack and stroke in yep. the United States. So we're looking at tests that I'm sure you've ran in the past and you've written about in your book as well as a nuclear magnetic resonance, the NMR test. Yep. And we're looking at the VAP test. So we're looking at the subfractionation of the lipid particles, inflammatory proteins like C-reactive protein, homocysteine. What um, These are important things to look at as a diabetic, whether it's type 2, type 1.5, or type 1, to know your cardiovascular risk factors, which we know people don't you know, die from diabetes typically. They're dying from complications of it. So to know the, the risk factors there is important and to use it as a baseline. So watch it improve as you start making these great lifestyle interventions and through functional medicine. And then we're also uh, measuring the C-peptide, which we mentioned. So for every molecule of C-peptide, you get a molecule of insulin. So it's an indirect way for us to gauge how much insulin your body's producing on its own through the pancreatic function. And then we're running the insulin antibodies, which is seeing, are you having an, any autoimmune attack against the uh, pancreas to kind of rule out that type 1.5 autoimmune diabetes? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people often, you know, they'll test their blood sugar at home, Will, and they'll, oh, I'm in the, the good range, but they don't know what's happening with their insulin levels. So I, I love that you bring out that you're you're keeping an eye on that. And I think people should know where they're not just their fasting insulin level is, but what's happening postprandial? You know, are you getting huge spikes? Yeah, your blood sugar could stay in a, a really good range, but you see all the insulin that's keeping it down in that range. Um, it could tell the tale of what's going on inside of you. Yeah, exactly. So we definitely want to keep in mind the amount of insulin that's used and the amount of, I mean, even running fasting insulin is an important other lab that you want to look at yeah. because these, we know what hyperinsulinemia can do, excess insulin in the blood, it's it's a killer. Um, so to have these levels at optimally healthy ranges, it's just never going to happen in mainstream medicine the way that it is now. So you're going to have to really kind of be your own clinical investigator, finding out these things for yourselves and finding a qualified functional medicine practitioner to be that, you know, be that, be that coach, to be that clinical investigator with you to take kind of the load off so you can trust somebody that deals with this on a daily basis. Yeah. His name is Dr. Will Cole. Check him out at his website. He makes it real easy. DrWillCole.com. And if you go there, you can sign up for free eBooks, recipes, personal health tips, and more. If you like what you heard from Will today, please go check him out. And Will, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. Thanks so much, Jimmy. 
You've been listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website, ketotalk.com, for full show notes for this episode. If you love Keto Talk, then drop us a review at iTunes. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, and we'll see you again next Thursday. Disc.